following Dharma talk was presented at Common Ground Meditation Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota, as part of the weekly Dharma series. A little higher, that's better. Hello. So, um, some of you, I I recognize some people are are, um, new people to me. Um, I'll just introduce myself really briefly. Uh, my name is uh, Mira, Mira Young, and I've been a longtime uh, practitioner here at uh, Common Ground and in the Dharma. And um, I also took the Community Dharma Leader program that Mark Number did um, a couple years after he, a couple cycles after he did at Spirit Rock Meditation Center. And I um, work a stone's throw from here in the Ivy Arts Building. Um, I. Um, at Rivers Way Meditation Center and where I offer meditation and teach um, and um, um, integrative psychotherapy. Um, I also do some teaching of mindfulness-based stress reduction at the U and um, some other venues in the community. So I'm really grateful to be here and, and it's been a real opportunity for me teaching as a practice and opportunity to deepen my practice as I explore um, the Dharma. Um, so um, I am um, really happy to support Mark, who works so diligently in serving the Dharma that he's taking a time for retreat for a few days. I don't know if some of you knew that, but he's taking a little time of retreat and asked me if I could um, take this seat tonight. So, okay. So um, tonight's talk, um, I'd actually like to start with a poem, but I'll just uh, give you a little sense of what I'd like to cover and, and, um, and see if, this, if you connect with uh, this topic at all. Um, so I have a couple titles for this talk. One is the serious title. So this is The Energy of Patience. The exploration's of patience as antidotes to clashes or the hindrances, the things that are obstacles to our experiencing freedom and ease and peace and our basic goodness, right? So um, explorations on patience. And then the informal title is um, Seasonal Affective Disorder, (laughs) (laughs) Fetching, and the clashes. And um, seasonal affective disorder can be transformed into swimming or sailing above despair. Okay. So here's a little poem on patience by a woman named Kay Ryan. Patience is wider than one envisioned, with ribbons of rivers and distant ranges and tasks undertaken and finished with modest relish by natives in their native dress. Who would have guessed it possible that waiting is sustainable, a place with its own harvests? Or that in time's fullness, the diamonds of patience, or that in time's fullness, the diamonds of patience couldn't be distinguished from the genuine in brilliance or hardness. The diamonds of patience could not be distinguished from the, the 
real ones, the genuine ones, in brilliance and hardness. The um, Pali word for um, patience is kandi, if I'm saying it properly, kandi. So this is your holiday candy, okay? So candy or kandi is um, a way to soothe our anger. Um, Pema Chodron uses the term shempa. It's that kind of underlying anxiety, sticky, niggling feeling that comes with being attached and wanting things to be how they are. Um, often when we're stressed out or we have a little bit of seasonal affective disorder or whatever your disorder of choice is, um, um, just stress, um, we're more um, reactive. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> okay, so so I'm just going to share and talk to you some about this, and, and um, hopefully leave some time for us to discuss this and really explore what that means to be patient or what patience is. Um, I I was really um, moved and excited to share some of these different ways of of looking at patience. So. Um, one example I'd like to talk about with um, um, patience is um, starting with um, the Buddha, or just starting with a little more definition of it and what the kleshas are. So patience develops the habit of abiding. And uh, it's, uh, it, it cultivates tranquility and uh, tolerance. It manifests as tolerance, as being able to just be with what's happening mentally, physically, whatever's going on. So this patience is abiding. It understands that this will change. It cannot be other than it is. There's an insight into the unfolding of things, the karma, cause and effect. Um, so I'm going to give you a little laundry list, not to be uh, too depressing. I can find it in here. All nicely organized. Um, about what the clashes are. I'm sure you can already guess. So um, maybe you'll be spared the list. <laughs> Oh, here they are. There's ten clashes. You thought there were only five hindrances. Well, there's ten clashes, or these obscurations, these unwholesome qualities that they use the word defiling, but it's more like what obscures us. It's like, you know, it's a cloudy day and we can't remember that the sun is shining. So greed, right? Greed, desire, wanting. Um, hatred, hatred or aversion, not wanting. Delusion. Delusion, that's a favorite of mine. Uh, conceit. And conceit refers to that constant comparing mind, judging mind, um, self-referencing. <sighs> me, 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 okay? And then um, better, lower than, higher than, same as. Speculative, speculative views um, like, and skeptical doubt. You know, So you're kind of caught up in this 
hmm, I wonder if it's like this, you know, am I really going to die, you know, is, well, if I do it all right, I'll never get it. And, and whatever it might be, you're speculating views and skeptical doubt, questioning is the Dharma really true, or, you know, just, just a lot of doubt. And then mental torpor, um, maybe some of you had that tonight, meditator whiplash, um, just hard to pay attention, you know, how to stay with it, um, wake, you know, the opposite of wakefulness. And then some of you might have had restlessness, worry, flurry mind. That's one of the hindrances, another popular one with me. And then uh, shamelessness and lack of moral dread or unconscientiousness. And that has to do with um, acting out in immoral, harmful ways, right? Okay. So those are the kleshas. And then there's the vicissitudes. <laughs> and the vicissitudes of life have to do with our worldly conditions. Gain and loss, fame and ill repute, happiness and misery, praise and blame. So these are some of the things that um, visit our hearts, bodies, and minds. So um, this is a, a little parable about Buddha when he was, there's these children's fables called the Jataka Tales. And uh, um, this is from the Jataka Tale, which talks about the Buddha's former lives, if you will, as a bodhisattva while he was in training, while he was working with his own kleshas and trying to develop this awakened heart and mind or connect with that. Uh, the Buddha, in a prior incarnation as a jungle buffalo, was tickled and teased by a mischievous monkey, but remained steadfast in his patience. So take a moment and just see what mischievous monkeys are teasing, tickling, or disturbing you. A forest sprite chided him, urging him to frighten the monkey with his considerable strength. The buffalo resisted. He said, it'll upset my own heart. It'll upset my own heart, he says. He tells the sprite that a more short-tempered being, one who has responded to teasing with anger, might hurt the monkey. He says that the monkey might not have a friend. The monkey, overhearing the buffalo's concern, comes down from his hiding place in the trees and thanks the buffalo for being such a good friend. The monkey and the forest sprite each commit themselves to the magic charm of patience. The magic charm of patience. Shantideva, um, Pema Chodron um, digs into um, Shantideva's work, um, which, uh, which is about the path of the bodhisattva, this development. And this is one view of patience um, that we're going to continue on this track for a little bit. And then I want to share um, a, another um, different approach to patience and a couple stories with you. So um, this, this uh, Shantideva cautions us to not get discouraged by um, letting go of old habits. 
He has unshakable confidence that we can stop being slaves to the kleshas and experience the open, unbiased nature of our mind. He knows that we have to discover this for ourselves and that we'll never be able to do it unless we're challenged. So actually the relationship to the kleshas already with mindfulness, with awareness, is that this challenge is actually developing patience. So the, the, the water buffalo was able to really connect with that quality of patience because of the monkey teasing it, right? And then the sprite urging him to react, he could reflect, no, that's not a, that's not a friendly kind way to be. And then the charm of patience. So he um, says that um, another commentary by uh, Rinpoche was um, that our minor inconveniences, bourgeoisie suffering, we could practice patience when we arrive at our favorite restaurant and it's closed, or the Dharma Center and our favorite teacher isn't here. I came all the way over here to hear D. Mark Nunberg and who is this person up here. Um, so you could practice patience. Or when we reserve an aisle seat on the airplane and we end up in the middle. In the next two, he talks about that, that, that not to fret about this bourgeoisie suffering, insect bikes, hunger, hunger pains, or weather. Fretting will only aggravate our troubles. That's where the fetching comes in, right? And until, that's the Jewish word for fretting, until even little things seem like catastrophes. Whatever happened to you? Little things seem like catastrophes. Um, I'll tell a little story on myself. Um, I was visiting my elderly parents in Chicago a couple weekends ago. And um, it was a long drive. And I stopped partway and was beginning the journey again. And I was about 50 miles from the Twin Cities. And I hit this low. And I'm not a coffee drinker, but I, I was kind of desperate. So I got off the road, and there was even a good coffee shop, a caribou or something. And I got I got a small, I came and I said, I'm really tired. So we'll fix that. And I, and I got, I, sh I usually get half and half decaf. But anyway, I got the full, the half, a small cup of coffee. It's like, okay, small cup of coffee. And then I called um, my husband on my cell phone, which I try not to do. He gets mad if I'm driving on the freeway talking on the cell phone. But I thought, I, I really need to wake up. You know, the music isn't working, and the coffee hadn't taken effect yet. So we get into this little argument um, about sweet potatoes and yams. <laughs> okay. So this Klesha arose, right? So he said, oh, I got the sweet potatoes that we're making for Thanksgiving dinner that we're bringing over to our friend's house. And I said, well, I, I don't want sweet potatoes. I want these garnet yams, desire. <laughs> You know, they're, they're richer, they're darker. Um, you know, there's no such thing as garnet as yams in North America. <laughs> there's no yams in North America. I'm like, no, 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 I've seen them at the co-op. So, so we're going on. In the meanwhile, what do you think happened? I just had gotten back on the freeway. I'd maybe driven five minutes. I'm in this heated argument over, you know, the sweet potatoes or yams. And the next thing I know, I see a state trooper over there. And I look down at this thing, and I'm like, oh, I'm 75. And I slow it down, and you know, the speed limit's 70. I'm like, oh, that should be cool. And then I look, and, 
and no, he's not coming. I'm like, okay, I, 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 and all of a sudden I'm like, uh, never mind, <laughs> I'm being pulled over by a trooper. And the trooper proceeds to tell me that I was going 80 miles an hour. And I don't even drive 80 miles, I don't like to drive 80 miles. So 80 miles an hour, and he was so polite and so kind, and then I said, well, and I looked at the price tag. It was a very expensive Klesha tag. It had uh, really do not speed over, you know, really pricey. I have that. And, um, uh, and I said, wow. And he said, well, if you were going 81, it would have been $50 more. <laughs> so. Um, I decided that I needed um, to work on my own reactivity <laughs> if I could get into such a bunch over yams and sweet potatoes, which, by the way, I found out there were garnet sweet potatoes and they were delicious. And he exchanged them for the right kind. Um, but the thing is, we never know when we're going to get triggered. So Shanti Deva invites us to look at our understand that we don't intend to get reactive. We don't intend to get triggered and even going as far as people who we feel harm us intentionally you know like that monkey that that we can think well they're doing it on purpose so i really need to come back at them and um but if you really look deeply you realize that they are also reacting out of their causes and conditions and if we start to look at things more like um um, I'm going to skip to this little story about a broom. There was, um, let's see, our reactions are not pre as premeditated as we might think. They happen, Shanti David tells us, because of cat past conditioning. I once stayed with a friend whose dog had an uncontrollable fear of brooms. Just getting the broom out of the closet and starting to sweep sent the poor creature into a tailspin. Into a tailspin. Although he no, is, is no longer in danger of being harmed by a broom that may have happened at one point, he used to have PTSD, he still reacts with terror. You cannot convince a dog not to be afraid of brooms, but you can work with your own mind and phobias. We all have our brooms. We may never know what happened in the past to trigger our current response, but in this very moment, we can work with our own mind and develop what? Patience. Patience. That jewel, that gem of patience. We don't have to spend a lifetime building up our case about the badness of brooms or the wrongness of our emotions. So they're not the brooms or the wrongness of our emotions. You know, often when I work with people, clients, what I see is the beating up. You know, I shouldn't be feeling this anxious. I shouldn't be depressed. I shouldn't be this reactive. Oh, I can't believe I said or did this. It's like we all have our brooms, and we, we can work with it. And it takes this kind of patience. Um, also, just in case you get too much on the anatta or the emptiness quality. Shanti Deva has a response to that too. I'll just throw that out there because like, well, who is it that gets angry or what's reacting? Or somebody says, you know, what's your problem? Self, no self, no problem. Well, Shanti Deva uh, says using emptiness logic, if everything, he just says, you know, if everything is magical in appearance, empty, what's the point of practicing patience? 
but he doesn't buy this argument. He says, working with patients will end suffering. There's nothing inappropriate in wanting that. He drops the philosophy and gets right to the point. We can't use emptiness logic any more than we can use solid logic to justify continued suffering. So emptiness is not an excuse to not deal with suffering, which is our human experience. So we can develop tolerance to not strike back. Um, I'm just going to quickly review these. There's three kinds of patients, according to um, Shanti Deva's teachings. There's reframing our attitude towards discomfort, and we give ourselves encouragement. There's the patience that comes with understanding that complexity of the situation, how to remain steady with the uneasiness or the edginess. Until we start working with our mind, we're ruled by our emotions. When we get angry with others, we could remember that just like us, they do this for complex reasons, not the least of which is being controlled by their emotions. And patience comes from the third kind is developing tolerance for mental and physical distress, the willingness not to retaliate, and even gratitude to the provocable ones, to the, to the troublemakers in our lives, because it focuses our practice of patience. Uh, Pema Children says that even if you know bringing these things to mind um, aren't working, she said a pause, just a pause, will always work. She said she says the willingness to simply pause to create a gap and shift gears always helps, and that usually underneath all of that reactivity and anger is a soft spot our own vulnerability. So I had tons more, but I'm going to let that go. And I want to share some, uh, 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 go with that soft spot um, and, and, and ways to work with, with that part and another dimension of patience. I want to just read you one other, a uh, couple other quotes here. Um, patience is the antidote, in particular, the patience that comes from having sympathy for our current situation. So that's bringing that compassion. Um, this is from Michelle McDonald Smith, Finding Patience. Accepting imperfection. Anytime we want life to be different than it is, we're caught in impatience. We lose our sense of humor and self-pity, despair, and blame seep into the heart. Gentle forbearance, including the spirit of forgiveness. When we feel conflict with others, understanding their suffering is the first step in being able to communicate, forgive, and begin again. The practice of forgiveness happens when we're able to realize the underlying cause of our anger and impatience. And this allows us to distinguish between someone's unskillful behavior and essential goodness. Unskillful behavior, essential goodness. I have a, a young adult son who's been my greatest teacher um, since babyhood. Um, you know, and uh, um, he doesn't, I don't want to talk too much about him and her situation, but just he has some challenges. And you know, being a young adult and finding his way, and um, sometimes his mom thinks she's got some really good ideas. <laughs> and um, so, so what I have to remember is that um, 
I said something the other day is a way of thinking I was being helpful, and it completely crushed his feelings, and he walked out of the house, and I just, I didn't know what happened. Like, what did I say? It was a broom, some broom of his, and I don't know. And anyway, we worked it out, and we, it actually came to peace in a fairly quick fashion, but um, it reminds me to distinguish between the behavior and the essential goodness, yeah. because we get that confused. So um, serenity and calm develop as we learn to accept imperfection in others and ourselves. Serenity and calm develop when we learn to accept imperfection in others and ourselves. Um, Rodney Smith is um, a Dharma teacher out in Seattle. He works a lot with the dying and with hospice. And this, I just wanted to share this with you because I thought his simple yet profound understanding of patience um, was a, a definition that I had never heard before. Um, and, and I really, I think it addresses um, this quality of being. Like, what is patience really? You know, we often talk about having patience. Is it something that we have? You know, is it waiting? I mean, what what is patience? So I, I maybe let's just drop in for a moment and just just ask yourself, um, and then I'm going to read what he has to say. This kind of um, this this teaching, another way of of exploring patience. So take a moment, and just let the words go. Connecting with the body, the breath. And drop in the inquiry silently, just very gently. Patience, question mark. Hmm. Patience. Silently, just like a koan, like letting it rest in the heart. Just feel what arises. It may not be words. It may be a felt sense, an image, maybe words. Patience. How do I experience it? What? What does that mean, patience? So, Rodney um, Smith describes it this way. He says that uh, patience is um, is not any thought of time. 
No clock, no time, out of time. He says, he quotes the Bible verse, Be still and know you are God. What is the purpose of life, he asks. Acceptance, love, preciousness, validating, showing up, unhurried acceptance. Patience has no fences. It's expansive. There's no hurriedness. No hurriedness. Imagine that. It's this full expansiveness of being with the moment as it is. Patience is connectedness. The relationship is primary. We, we're there. When I talk or I listen, right there. With ourselves, presence. Patience is abiding in the moment. Patience is the true mission of discovery. Willingness to arrive and be with whatever arises. Heart, here, dead, stop. Patience is constancy. Patience is not waiting. Patience is the embodiment of patience. The patience of pausing. No pause, no patience. Its movement and pace is according to our unfolding, opening up. So it's not anything that we force. There's not this restraint. There's not like, I'm going to be patient now. <laughs> Do you know that one? Like, like that. I think that's the near enemy of patience. Like, it's like the look-alike cousin, the patience. And sometimes that's the best we can do. You know, it's like we just restrain. But actually, this quality of patience is not about restraining. It's actually about letting go. It's surrender. And he talks about it as devotion. The patience is devotion. Surrender. It's that kind of surrender. It's devotion. Before I open up for discussion, I, I, I just want to um, share uh, uh, a couple closing things here. Um, one other story I'd like to tell um, from my own experience is um, when before I got that speeding ticket, <laughs> when I was in Chicago, and uh, my dad is 87 and has Alzheimer's. And um, um, I wrote a, a little poem about this experience. But um, I actually um, was going out for a morning. I meditate in the morning, and I was going to go out for a little morning run. And he happened to be up, and he was sitting um, in his particular chair in this little room in their assisted living apartment. And um, I looked out the window. And there's always this um, squirrel's nest that's there, a quite large one. And my father grew up in a little town in Lithuania. Um, he's a Holocaust survivor. And he um, 
knew about animals. He used to keep birds as a child. Like he had little on the roof. He had doves and birds. And he he's really loves animals. He knows he knew how to find where the duck eggs were. I mean, he just really loves animals. In fact, one of the things I do when I'm there is I rent DVDs with animals on it. You know, <laughs> I rented that Happy Feet or you know things. You know, with animals. You know, to bring some joy because he he can be completely lost and then he's like. Oh, that's a little animal. So um, I looked out the window, and the squirrel's nest was gone. For many years, the great nest brought hours of pleasure, watching the squirrels outside the window come and go up and down the tree, mamas, papas, little ones. The squirrel's nest was gone. I stared out the window wordlessly. You clearly saw me see the empty place and said, they broke it all apart. They broke it all apart. So I had stopped. I was tying my shoes. And my father, I looked out the window. I saw the nest. And he noticed me seeing it wordlessly. You know, Alzheimer's, Swiss cheese brain. In that moment, he saw me see it. And then he just said, they tore it apart. They broke it all apart. They moved, he said, they moved away to another home. And then he said in Yiddish, which I can't, I didn't get all the words, that's how the world is. That's how the world is, he said. All that was left was a couple of rags of plastic from hanging down from bare branches. Sunlight pours in the window. I marvel at your 87-year-old Alzheimer's mind. Thank you, Daddy. That was a moment for me of that kind of surrender. No. Let's get on with my Ron. Oh, he's sitting here. Okay. And then and then and then we were just there. And this sense of patience, like I just it was like there was no place else to be. And the hurriedness fell away or the need to do anything else. We were no longer in in time. We were in the timeless place together. And that miracle occurred. When the real heart breaks open by Ajashanti. When the real heart breaks open, the question becomes, how can one serve the one? How can one be this truth? And there is no final answer to that kind of question. It's always in the moment, at every moment to be now. Not how can I how can I be it, some image, but just be it now. We discover that we're no longer a gatherer of beauty, a gatherer of bliss, a gatherer of peace. We're not a hoarder. We're its servant, you and I. You can't lose what you serve. That's the secret. What you serve, you can't lose. What you don't serve and what you try to hold on to, you can't hold on to. It's slipping out of your fingers. That's why you can never separate wisdom or insight or realization from love and devotion. One has to find in their heart the devotion to serve the truth that's found moment to moment. It's about each moment. Each moment, each moment, is oneness being served? Is it being embodied or not? 
And Thich Nhat Hanh asks us, you know, um, you know, what does that mean to be truly alive, to deeply, deeply be present in this moment? Patience. 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 sit for a few moments and let the words go. I'd like to open up to um, our group exploration, you know, because to me this really is a, a deep exploration that, that I, I actually really appreciate an opportunity to, to deepen my understanding. Um, I do recommend the Shanti Deva, especially as um, Pema interprets him in No Time to Lose and some of her other teachings on not biting the hook. So, um, do you want to share? Um, I was at a, a, a training on Insight Dialogue um, in October, and we um, part of the training we like took concepts like things like deeply listening, and we had four groups with like four people in them, and we each did inquiry into like a quality like what that means to be to deeply listen, to pause, to open. And, and each group came up with one to two or three pages of stuff, and then we shared them out loud, and it was just amazing. So I think, like this exploration of like patience, like what what arose for you? So anyone want to share? And then if you have any comments and questions, please feel free. an interesting the uh, uh, connection with uh, devotion in terms of patience. I really, um, I really kind of relate to. Um, I think Martin language. You know, he was saying. I mean, not, not like it's uh, biting our hand, <coughs> working so hard to be patient. But I definitely, you know, feel that burn. Um, uh, you know, when I'm at least trying to practice. Patience, you know, but I'm not being patient. Yeah. 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 Um, so thank you. I, I, I imagine a lot of us experience that. Um, um, Trumpa Rinpoche says to labor 
night and day in our you know our practice does not mean striving and struggling it means persevering with the eagerness of an elephant diving into cool water or the delight of a swan descending on a lotus lake so maybe it's it's, it's the joy and appreciate love the burn or whatever I guess that's what I heard and and that that's part of the the process. And if you're not judging it or how you relate to it, like this. Thank you. I've been experiencing quite a bit of pain lately in the last three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And today is no exception. This moment is no exception. And it was very interesting to me to um, think about the idea of patience in relation to pain. And and because mostly I'm feeling aversion. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, it was just a really interesting way to, it, it, it kind of softened the edge a little bit and and reminded me, I think there's something that you said and reminded me also that, you know, this too shall pass. <laughs> so, um, so that's a good thing for me to keep in mind as I, as I continue and, you know, hopefully get over it eventually, but, um, Um, I was just uh, also wondering about the element of uh, fear, you know, and the mental elaborations that that are attached to that, in the sense that when I'm in a particular situation where certain results are occurring or I'm seeing a behavior that's, you know, that I'm feeling threatening or whatever or something that I may be finding boring and all that, what is the element of fear in there or insecurity and, you know, like, and sometimes we don't see those results manifest, you know, like those strategies we have, we are speculating about <laughs> and so there is that whole element I mean, I don't see any other antidote that just that cultivating a certain amount of trust and faith in you know, that things will, will turn out one way or another. Yeah, I, I think this is, these are really deep explorations, um, you know, of how we meet those different clashes, suffering, fear. I mean, I, I think that when, one thing I, I like in the Tibetan teachings as Pema does is she really goes right there to that really vulnerable soft spot and that's the place of compassion and that that patience to you know to be with and 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 that compassionate response because we don't know we don't know if the pain's going to go away or when or if it's going to get better or how we're going to come through or not we really don't know we don't know if we're going to wake up tomorrow and so that that can generate, that can, we can just get more and more panicky or fearful, or we can let that, the heart break open. 
and just arrive that this is this is the holy moment. This is it. And that patience doesn't require it to be other than it is. You know, and, and has the compassion. I think it you know, one thing about these paramis, there's the ten I went through the clashes, but the ten paramis these qualities of heart, of patience, of generosity, of compassion, loving kindness, um, they're, they're all interrelated. And so those get strengthened. You know? And it's actually being willing, you know, to, to, as we move out of the reactivity, then, then we actually start to connect with that bodhisattva, that, that great heart that, that is, has that, those qualities. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it can be very fearful because, you know, we, we don't want, you know, it's uncomfortable. You know, it's it's more than uncomfortable. It's, it can scare the crap out of us, right? It's, it's really, and that's why we fill in, you know, with food or drugs or alcohol or relationships, sex, whatever, in some unskillful way. You know, we want to fill up the soothe it down and to be able to, to let ourselves experience that, you know. I mean, underneath, like some of my reactivity with my son is fear. What's going to happen? Is it going to work out for him? What if it doesn't? And, 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 I, and I, I'm, not, I'm no longer here in the moment. And I've lost my compassion. <laughs> but yeah, it's, there's not an easy answer. There's no answer. Yeah. Um. Just so if I can just so you can respond. Yeah, if we can I 
thank you. And, and I think a lot, all of us have that, and that's that fretting and that 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 worry, flurry mind. And the reality is, um, you know, there's a famous story that's often told um, in meditation worlds about, you know, being a human being. The condition we're in is we're hanging, we're off a cliff, we're hanging on a vine, you know, and the mouse is eating from above, and the the tiger's below, and there's strawberry right there. And so you just tasted the strawberries. So by Jove, I think she's got it. So you could spend your time going, oh my God, and my livelihood, and my license, and, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, yes, this is going on. And wow, this is a really, I have enough to eat. You could go to gratitude. Um, I, I have shelter right now. Um, I'm in the company of wonderful people. Um, this is my Dharma practice. How do I stay present in the moment when something's unresolved and there's a lot of fear and uncertainty? I mean, this is the perfect condition for your practice, for your awakening, for your freeing from the clashes. Because there's freedom, even when you don't know. And, and, and you know, all you can do is be in the moment with it, right? It's a powerful teaching. Actually, I have found in the times in my life, and when I see this with people I work with too, it's like when we're really up against it, um, what else to do but right here? That's it. That's the only place where there's any freedom or sanity. Because otherwise, it's hell wrong. And, and it's a powerful time to deepen practice when things are like that. So how many moments can I just be present with what is while this is there? And you do what you can do, and then you let go. Yeah, so thank you for the teaching. Um, any any last comment or two before we wind down? Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned, um, at least I remember, one, one technique to bring out patience or to cultivate a voice to pause. Yes. Could you elaborate? There, I think there was a couple other techniques you mentioned that didn't quite catch your methods. Well, that that catching, that noticing, like when you're hooked. So so actually, you know, our sitting practice, (laughs) meditating, by taking time to sit, we, we become more aware of those holdings, those reactions. And so that mindfulness, strengthening our mindfulness and our compassion practice has a momentum. So when when there's those about to moments or you notice you start getting into something, like, you know, I wish I had woken up, you know, in the middle of that argument on the freeway a little sooner, but when I woke up, I'd already had the extra consequence. Not only did I disturb my own mind and heart and and get into it, but I also, you know, then did the thing. So I think that pause, that interruption, like interrupt it. Like even that fretting, interrupt it. Like 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 the pause. The pause. Whether it's an internal reaction, external reaction, we, we can we can just take a breath. Take a breath. Pause. Drop a moment. You know, and especially the training too, when I notice there's a kind of a gotta get it in, drop. You know, put pain in your bottom, drop. So you could just stop, heart, stop, just stop, pause. That that just that practice, I mean that is really what mindfulness does, right? When it arises, 
right? So, so, so just that—that's it. I mean, that practice alone is huge. And when we've taught it uh, mindfulness in the Shakopee prison or prison settings, I mean, it can save someone's life, literally. You know, that pause, because the momentum is so great. So our practice, having a regular practice and bringing that into your daily life, it will actually. It's generative. It generates more moments of wakefulness and pause and freedom from the clashes. Yeah. And there's lots of skillful means. Um, um, Bantenguna Ratana and Mindfulness for Plain English, Antidotes for Working with Hindrances. I know Mark has done talks on hindrances. Okay. So let's finish with some loving kindness. Um, and are there any announcements before we close? Yeah. The Full Moon Peace Walk is tomorrow evening. Okay. And yes, at 7.30. Starting here, and then it starts with a short, very short sit, and takes a walk around the neighborhood, and depending on whether there'll be a short sit in the in Matthews Park, and then we end here. Any, any other and announcements? Again, Thank you. This Metta this Friday night. And then half day retreat with, with Mark, one to five on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to say um, I appreciate everyone's patience. We finally have all the photo flags up in the community room. We've been waiting for your photos to appear. They are finally here. So Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. And the only other thing is I lost my uh, meditation bench between that may have come to them as a lead-in for loving-kindness. Just call it out. of nature. Soft breath right into the soft spot. Loving kindness, compassion, patience. be free from the glaciers, from suffering. May I be well and peaceful. So whatever word, phrase, image, felt sense, connecting with the qualities, qualities.
and let it fill you, radiating from your heart to fill your whole body-mind. Like the warm rays of the sun. Like the timeless flow of the river. Like the snowflake melting. And then any benefits and merit from our practice, may they go to the benefit and awakening of all sentient beings, everyone here this evening, radiating out the kindness, compassion to one another. May you be well. May you know the ease of patience and kindness, happiness and peace and freedom. And then bringing people near and dear to us that we share our lives with, those known and unknown that we share this planet with. We can send some extra in the directions of so much war and suffering, be it our own heart or in the world, Afghanistan, Iraq just about so many other places. Peace, freedom from greed, hatred, and delusion. Unconditional peace, patience, and happiness. Freedom. everyone have a peaceful evening and a wonderful holiday season. May your, your patience strengthen in you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.